This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Uh, let's go start wrapping this up and let's move to our lightning round, which is presented by Data.World, the data catalog for successful cloud migration. And I'll kick it off first. So will we see knowledge graphs incorporated much more into the AI development projects in the next one or two years? Or is that still going to be another three, four, five years? Like how much soon, short term versus medium term? Well, they're already being used. Um, and I will say that they would increase in their use. Before you kind of see them hit your desk at home, it might be five to seven. All right. Tim, you go. Um, so second question, you talked about, you know, a lot of the business value of and sort of the revenue drivers around AI and how some of that's shifting some of the landscape there. Um, Will will there be a business value anytime soon? And I'll, you know, let's soon be kind of broad here, right? From some sort of a general AI, or are we going to be kind of living in more of a specialist AI for for quite a while? Uh, we will be living in the world of specialist or narrow AI. Um, I say for the rest of my lifetime, um, possibly beyond. Um, it, artificial general intelligence where one AI system has intelligent and intelligence and breadth of capability of an average human being. That is a Hollywood pipe dream. Um, I personally, my, my, my very own individual opinion is that we will never really get there. Um, some people believe that we will get there eventually, but I can absolutely say with certainty that this will not be anytime soon um, because we're just, we're just way too far away from that. So anybody who's afraid of the Terminator, don't be, um, you know, this is not going to happen anytime soon. Just, just look at where the current capabilities are and, and how far away that is. That's interesting. That, that ties to your comment about the autonomous cars too. I think, you know, I think like many others who have some misconceptions, I, I see like general AI and then I'm like, oh, well, autonomous vehicles, we've come so far. And the answer is like, well, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Next question. Um, is there a bottleneck uh, that we need more domain experts involved in AI or is it just going to be we're going to we need more AI engineers, ML engineers? Well, you need both. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, as, as we've talked about, the, the onus these days is more on the data side than it is on the mathematical side. Um, we've mostly figured out the algorithms. We have frameworks like PyTorch out there, um, you know, to help us out on the technology side. Many, many companies are specialized on the pipeline. So um, I think you need... You know, in, in case of doubt, you need more people on the data side, on the domain side, than on the engineering side. Um, all right, last question here, lightning round. Um, you, we talked a little bit about how AI can help AI and kind of AI squared, as you mentioned. Um, will we get to a point where, you know, I feel like today we're spending a lot of time talking about like, oh, data bias and, you know, what is good data and things like that. Will we get to a point where that's actually a very simple and boring question because, you know, the AI is so good at like helping us figure out what's good data, what's bad data, how to make it better, et cetera. 
Well, it's going to become easier for sure, um, because questions like bias, especially in that cultural context, right, biased against certain groups of people, wasn't even a topic until a couple of years ago. Um, now it is, uh, and it's 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 front and center. Uh, AI ethics uh, is a big, big topic now that you know started out of almost nowhere uh, alongside explainability. Uh, that will grow at exponential rates. Those those two topics are really the the the, the future of topics in you know, on the on the surroundings of AI. They're not mathematical questions, but but they're very very crucially important for the uh, you know business ecosystem. And so, yes, you'll see those tools grow. Um, at the moment, the tools related to bias and, and, and uh, you know, ethics are at, in their infancy. Uh, but there are multiple companies, especially startups, that are going to be focused on this. And so over the next you know, two to five years, you will see a suite of tools being invented that, that today don't exist. And that will certainly help. All right. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, Tim, TTT, Tim, take us away with your takeaways. Go first. All right. Oh, my God. My brain is going in a million directions right now. I'm going to try to bring it back home, try to land it back on Earth. Um, so you started off, we started off today kind of like, where is AI ML focus and uh, and where, where should it be, right? Kind of versus where it is. Um, and uh, you talked a lot about, and very interestingly and very excitingly, around sort of like where the money is around AI, like where's the business value today and kind of where is that investment and that benefit shifting? And if focus kind of means where the money is, then today you mentioned it would be in autonomous vehicles and that more than half of the labor hours for AI is either directly or indirectly in autonomous driving. Uh, but that that is mostly a sort of, you know, quote unquote, solved problem now, right? Obviously, there's tons to figure out around, you know, manufacturing and legal and compliance and ethics and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if that's a solved problem, then kind of then uh, the next question is, where is that money going to go? And where are those people going to go? All those people that are working on this problem. Um, you mentioned, you know, military potentially being a prime candidate for this better or worse, but uh, more interestingly, and, and, and perhaps to, to greater benefit to society, you know, TBD is around healthcare. Um, and I think that um, that is a very exciting topic. And, and so you kind of opened into like, you know, right now it's more sick care. How do we turn this into sort of wellness and sort of, hey, doc, I feel fine. How do I make sure I stay that way? And the role that AI and devices and sensors and even classes of devices that we may not even really think about yet, um, you know, perhaps like home devices where you take a drop of blood and learn about, you know, your blood sugar levels and all sorts of things, things that we assume are like, oh, you know, diabetics do that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, actually, there's a lot of benefit for holistic health on an ongoing basis. That could be a huge benefit to society and perhaps a huge opportunity as we look at the near term to medium term for AI to play a very big role. So that, I think that was very exciting to kind of explore that. You mentioned let's not confuse the technology around autonomous driving simply with Tesla. Um, and so we talked a little bit about sort of, you know, uh, you know, how it's kind of good enough already in, in a lot of its applications and, and all the different players that are kind of playing in that. Um, and then when we looked at the healthcare world a little bit, we kind of swung back to that. Um, you had mentioned that especially like the device manufacturers are probably going to play a huge role here, whether it's, you know, and I'm, for those that are just listening, I'm shaking my wrist here. I've got a wearable on my wrist, you know, think about like wearable devices, devices in the hospitals, 
Um, you know, how in general can technology and software and hardware work together to turn doctors into um, into folks that can spend most of their time helping and, and doing wellness as opposed to um, being, uh, you know, accountants and clerks and paper pushers. Uh, and I love this kind of money quote. Um, Today, doctors are robots. So how do we make them so that they don't, they don't have to be robots going forward, right? Let the robots do the robot work. So tons of good stuff. Juan, over to you. What, what did you learn? Okay, let the robots do the robot work. All right. So technology, right? The, the focus today is so much on the algorithm, the mathematics, how many layers, transformers, any twist on the algorithm. Woohoo, I get published, whatever. But really, the accuracies are so good that the potential to improve is so small that it's, we can even question ourselves, is it even worth spending time on improving those algorithms? And I think clearly the problem here is around with the data. I think this is this whole shift about thinking about the data-centric AI. So how do we get enough data, significant, clean data, transformed properly, has the right features, the biases, like to present to the AI models? Like that's what we need to go do. And nine of the 10 AI products fail because of the lack of that good data. So I think this is a very clear kind of right now where the industry is, is we need to understand where the data is. We did discuss a little bit about preparing the data, how much of that is kind of AI specific versus just data integration stuff everybody needs. I think there's about, there's stuff that definitely is very data integration. Other things are very specific to AI, like selecting the right features. This is not an easy question to answer. And then we start getting to the experts. We need to bring experts around. I think there's like two aspects where the expert, experts come in with discuss. One is labeling the data, right? This is a very expensive thing to go do. A lot of time and money spent into this that what we've realized is that 97%, for example, of images are just duplicates and only the 3% are the unique ones. So how do we identify those 3%? And this is where techniques like active learning come in with human in the loop, that by just labeling the small amount of those images that the models confuse, which are actually the most informative one, those by labeling those, you're actually getting to up to a 90%. And this is just an example of AI to build the AI, so AI squared. And the other aspect we talked about it was inserting knowledge without those labels. So this is where ontologies and knowledge graphs come in, right? And even though a large section of the community thinks that it's, it's just, we don't need this, it's just solvable with more data, I think the language models have proven this wrong, right? You can go chat with them and you can get like, oh, it's great. I'm talking about weather, whatever. Kind of seems like it'll pass the Turing test. But the moment you start getting to things about the times of day, about just kind of kind of common sense, it has no idea about that stuff. Because why? Because they didn't learn this logical reasoning. Uh, and this is and this type of knowledge is really inefficient to present in the form of a, in just data. But it is very efficient to present in the form of a knowledge graph and ontologies. And I think this is the step that we're going to go do. And one of the aha moments I had is that um, driving your car, that's easy. Like the knowledge around driving your car, ugh, it's not that impressive, actually. What's hard? To change the diapers of a baby. Uh, so you said we think of autonomous vehicles as like the most amazing thing, but that's like the bottom of the barrel. It's just a, it's more about what are the skills that you want to go do. So effectively, the solutions here around putting together data and knowledge, and that's something that I'm personally extremely, extremely excited about because, like even us, uh, the, the, the data catalogs should be a data knowledge catalog. That's what we really will catalog. And finally, we, we closed up with talking about funding, and this comes from VCs and governments, a lot of them from VCs. And, and yeah, a lot of them are focused on companies, as you said, not businesses, but really companies are targeting users on entertaining things, funny things but marginally not that useful. So kind of an existential question is, are you working on something that's actually useful for mankind on AI? Patrick, how did we do? Anything we missed on our takeaways? 
Yeah, so I think that this was just a perfect example. Uh, you know, we've we've heard Tim and Juan give a, a fantastic summary. It, if you, as the audience, can just imagine what kind of AI system would we need to make a summary uh, of a of a 50-minute discussion in that fashion? And I'm telling you that, in my opinion, that will not be around for another three, four, five decades to come. A system that will produce it with that that quality, that that clarity, right? So. That's where the bar is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Martin, 40 years from now, we'll go see where we are. Let's go past this exact same episode and see if they come, how close it will come to the takeaways that we just did. Too. When you started to say that, Patrick, for a second there, I thought you said like that there would be an AI and like a couple of, <laughs> I was like, oh man, maybe we don't need to do this anymore. No, you're saying. No, no, our no, no, no. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that the current level of AI is, is I mean, compared to humans, right? to that general skill, right? I mean, you guys needed to have, you know, uh, the the ability to communicate, obviously, and, and listen and, and speak, but you needed to have a lot of world knowledge and a lot of domain knowledge around these areas to be able to put those ideas together in, in meaningful sentences uh, and so on, that, again, a, just a purely natural language model just is impossible to do that. Just a knowledge graph, impossible. How big does the knowledge graph have to be to encompass, you know, AI and driving and 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 home world and and logic, and economics and history and all of that 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 both of you effortlessly hold in your in your heads, right? It th this is unreachable at the moment. Um, uh, I have a new perspective. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Patrick, let, let's throw it back to you. Uh, three questions. One, uh, what's your advice? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow? People, blogs, conferences, whatever. Well, what, what's my advice? Uh, if, if you're interested in AI, uh, read about AI, but don't try to learn Python or PyTorch or pick up a technical book with, with source code and, and, and formulas and mathematics in it. Uh, unless, of course, you've got you know, a year or two of your life to spare. If you do, then by all means, take a math degree. Um, but if you want to find out you know, so what is AI and you have time to read a couple of books, pick up the more popular books with, with text and examples as opposed to with code. Um, learning a programming language takes a long time. Um, who should you invite next? Well, there are numerous other uh, companies who have really, really great people. Um, I can uh, certainly uh, give you a, a few names later. Um, some people that, that come to mind is uh, Andy Hawk from Cerebrus Systems um, or Lee Ranzribel from Weka. IO. These are these are really good people that have phenomenal understanding um, of the market. Uh, what do I follow? Um, I am mostly on YouTube and LinkedIn uh, as a, as a consumer, um, where I listen to the latest opinions there. Um, you will never see me on Instagram and Twitter and, and those resources. And my my news feed in, in LinkedIn and, and and YouTube provides me with with you know the latest and greatest. So, uh, for example, I saw that little shaky robot uh, of Elon Musk's uh, just now, and uh, you know, I've seen way way better videos coming out of MIT, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, Patrick, this has been a phenomenal conversation. 
I think uh, this officially is now the longest episode that we have ever done. Um, thank you so much. And next week, we're going to have uh, Laura Ellis. She's the VP of Engineering of Rapid7, where we talk about data teams. Patrick, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We really dove into so many uh, different aspects of AI, and it was a truly honest, no BS, thoughtful conversation. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank, thank you, Han. Thank you, Tim.